Welcome to another episode of Oh Shit, I'm 40. This is your boy, Gene Lott speaking, and we got a special, special episode today because we got my beautiful, lovely, sometimes I like to call her my old lady, Valerie Lott with us today. How are you doing, baby? Hey, Mr. Lott. All right, all right. You know, I, I, I would naturally hit the clap button. But um, I can't find it right now. <laughs> but it's all right. It's all good. So um, we're gonna do something a little different on this episode. We are actually uh, it's just gonna be the two of us, and we're gonna have a conversation that um, I'm sure a lot of people are gonna get something out of. But before we begin, we have a tradition here on all shit. I'm forty, which is basically we gotta tell you what we're drinking. So uh, tonight I made us a special cocktail. Cocktail. Um. Made with Tito's. I like to call it uh, Transfusion Illusion. Mm, all right. Delicious. So it's a uh, purple. All right. No, I'm not a Q. One of my favorite colors. Yes, it is. It is. And um, it is made with Tito's and it's made with this uh, transfusion mix with grapefruit, with grape juice and ginger ale. And it is quite tasty. All right. Oh. Ah, so we're going to be sipping on that all day. All right. So, babe, do you just want to introduce yourself real quick and um, just tell the world who you are and what do you do during the day when um, I'm not bugging you? Hello. So, I am Valerie Lott, the wife of Eugene Lott. We've been married for 14 years. Um, and what I do during the day, my career, I am a clinical school social worker out in these D.C. streets trying to uh, help students, help them grow, learn Process feelings, coping skills, all of that good stuff. So, I mean, I love what I do. I've been doing it for about 14 years since we've been married. Um, and I'm a mother of three beautiful young ladies. We have Dylan, who's 11, Sarah, who's 6, and our baby Ray, Raylan, who's 8 months old. Awesome, awesome. All right, just a few technical things, baby. That's the only time you're going to hear the mic move. Move the mic a little bit closer to you because uh-huh. you're going a little bit in and out when you're uh-huh. talking. You're going back and forth, back talking and forth. Talking to the mic. Yeah, I'm not going to. Ooh, getting nasty. <laughs> not going to tell you what it looks like when you're moving back and forth. But anyway. <laughs> so today, tonight's episode um, is going to be about, uh, I think we named it Seasoned Parenting. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know. The name of the show is All Shit, I'm 40, and believe it or not, we are two 40-year-olds, and we have a eight-month-old daughter. All shit, I'm pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> and um, what we just wanted to share tonight is just the different things being older parents. Can we say that? Well, what did the doctor say? Geriatric for you? I'm absolutely not. <laughs> I do not subscribe to that title. They call it advanced maternal age. Advanced maternal age, yes. Mm-hmm. So I guess we got to go back and um, actually, when all of this happened, see, it was COVID. And uh, we did a lot of traveling. Mm-hmm. Did some traveling. Vegas. We whole bunch on of tour. Things. Yeah, we were on tour. It was on them uh, Fuck You Kids tour. Fuck Them Kids tour. Mm-hmm. And basically, you know, we had our dates. We was going out. You know, we was just living that life, living that COVID, COVID-free life. Mm-hmm. Enjoying you know? one another, dating each exactly, other. Exactly, exactly. And um, I would have to say one day I was just relaxing in the basement and uh, got a text message from the wife. 
think it was a text message or you yelled down the steps. So I think it was a text message. <laughs> and it was, um, you need to go to CVS. Mm-hmm. I was like, for what? A pregnancy test. Now, mind you, I'm sitting here like, my pullout game good. You know? I don't, <laughs> Not. I don't know what happened. You know, I don't know what happened. That's bullshit right there. <laughs> <laughs> right. You know? So I was like, oh, shit, I don't even remember this happening. So went to CVS, and what do you know? So she proceeds to call uh, a good friend of hers who's a, a wife of uh, one of our um, other uh, hosts of this podcast. She proceeds to bring over four of them. Hey, fur. And all of them say pregnant. Right. So I'm sitting here. And this is just my point of view. I'm pinching myself. I'm feeling like a high schooler that just got his girlfriend pregnant and I'm about to graduate. And I'm thinking mm-hmm. about my future. And I actually had to slap myself and I was like, wait a minute, I'm married. Mm-hmm. You know, and we're going to have a real conversation. Real conversation. I actually asked the wife. I said, well, what you want to do? Mm-mm-mm. And <laughs> she's sitting over there crying in the corner. Crying because I felt Ball. like I was a 15-year-old student. With no job, no prospects of who the father is or anything. Mm-hmm. I was crying. I was really, really, like, shocked. It was crazy. Mm-hmm. So, I'm sitting here with a blank face. Like, <laughs> right. What you want to do? She like, nigga, it's a little bit too late. <laughs> you know? And uh, I was like, yeah, it is too late for plan B. Oof. You know, but... um. We it, it was it was crazy because during that time we had a lot of transitions. We were selling our house, we mm-hmm. were about to move and everything, and there was a lot of different things going on at the same time. And then, boop, you're pregnant. Mm-hmm. You know, so I just want to delve into that a little bit, and mm-hmm. you know, tell me your side of the story and how you were feeling. Mm-hmm. You know, before Miss Raylan got here. Right. Well, let's go back a couple of months. Um, so our middle child is six. Yep. And full disclosure, you know, I we were planners. Mm-hmm. And in terms of birth control, I had an IUD. And so from that, I had an IUD from my firstborn, Dylan 11, took it out, got pregnant, Sarai. Planned. Right. So they're like five Happy years apart. Babies. Right. Yep. <laughs> five years apart. And so when Sarai turned five, I told my doctor, because I started having complications with the IUD, um, and I knew it was up at five years. And so when I took the IUD out with my doctor, Dr. Kennedy, love her so much. Shout out to Dr. Kennedy. Right. She was like, okay, so what you what you going to do? Are you have another one in? And I just really felt like I wanted to give my body time. I felt like I had a lot of complications with it, a lot of side effects to it. So I was like, I need to have my body time. Because we, we, well, not we. I wasn't pregnant, but we, because I was there, mm-hmm. had some hard pregnancies. Right. Absolutely. Um, and so, but we also know that I'm still in my years that right. I can get pregnant. Fertile myrtle. Right. But no, but honestly, when um, even Dr. Kennedy, when she took my IUD out, she actually called you. Cause I think you were at work or something. Yeah, she and did. she was like, um, I was telling her, I said, hey. I want him to get a surgery. And we were talking about getting a surgery. And she was like, well, I think that'll be a great option if you guys are done having kids. Because I knew I didn't want to get my tubes tied. Because, once again, going back to, I have, like, complicated pregnancies. pregnancies. Um, if, and for the world to know, because, once again, I feel like this is our testimony, is that I was diagnosed with um, incompetent cervix. And so with competent cervix, meaning 
when you have a baby and the farther along you carry it, you can actually um, be in jeopardy of losing the baby because your cervix starts opening right. real early. And that's how it began. And when we had Dylan, we actually miscarried the twin back in 2011. 2011. And yeah. so from that miscarry, the twin, she was called vanish, vanishing twin. And so from that, when we started carrying her about six months, that's when my cervix started shortening. Right. So by that time, I could not get the saclage because I was too far along. So well, real quick, man, can we dumb it down for uh, the brothers? What do you mean? Guys, basically, an incompetent cervix. It don't mean it don't work. But I hate the word incompetent. I know. It's basically just short. Right. I didn't do anything to it. Right. Because so right, the doctor was like, God damn, man, she back in here again. She pregnant. No, oh, she's shut up. You know, that ain't cervix, man. What you doing? Right. No, so like incompetent cervix is meaning that, you know, your your cervix is supposed to close to keep your baby, you know. Yeah, and then yeah. when you're about to have labor, it opens, opens back up. up. Well, hers don't do that. Well, it closes. It does it, but it's like, uh, what they, how they describe it. So. It closes, but can open up. So yeah. I can be walking down the street and the baby falls out. Fall out like no, me. I'm just playing. Not, <laughs> I had the out. most nastiest picture in my head. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. So once again, I'm going back to that. So I had to be on bed rest with Dylan for, what, two and a half months. I mm-hmm. actually had her earlier six weeks. So I had to get shots every week, um, 20 shots that stung like hell. Try to you know keep her, but she was so nosy. We already knew that she was gonna be nosy coming out the yeah, womb she because she wanted to come right six weeks. She probably listened to us now. Right. So six weeks, I had to um, deliver her. She was a preemie, but thank God she was healthy still. Mm-hmm. She just was three in, pounds fourteen ounces. Exactly, exactly. That's a blessing, and she stayed in NICU for eighteen days, and she's been with us ever since. Thank so from God. that. Um, once again, when we decided to get pregnant with Sarai, I already knew that we had to be proactive. My daughter was like, hey, we're just going to go ahead at a certain time when you're pregnant. We're going to do ahead and go ahead and do the saccage. So once again, going into that surgery, getting my cervix stitched, mm-hmm. and I had to continue to get monitored just to make sure that the cervix um, is still closed with the stitch. Now, funny story about that stitch. Mm-hmm. So, um my middle daughter was born during March Madness, mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, we went to the hospital to get the uh, stitch and everything out. And they couldn't get well first. No, no. Remember, we had to go to the small doctor's office at Kaiser. Yes, we had to go to Kaiser, and, and they couldn't get it out. They couldn't. And I was in the room, out. and for some reason, like I could look at a whole bunch of stuff. I got a real strong stomach, mm-hmm. but that day when they couldn't get the stitch out, the room was hot. The walls were caving in. Mm-hmm. The my wife's legs were up in the air, you know, and I'm only used to seeing my wife's legs. That's how I got into this right. trouble. No, I'm, like, I'm only used to seeing her leg. Me putting Elizabeth, right? she got her legs up on the job. Doctor, like, like she changing oil, <laughs> right? And she's like, I can't get it out, right? And I'm like, right. I'm like, man. She said she did her job because it was did what it's supposed to do. It's supposed to stay. Oh, they put that stitch, stitch in that. Job. So the you had a good summer because you were you weren't on bed rest. You had your right. summer dress on. Mm-hmm. You was flowing. Your skin was popping. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Had the hammies out, all that. You know but, what? Um, Stop it. So, yeah. So, anyway. So, that, you know. Oh, finish up. Go back to the hospital. Going back to the hospital, um, they took the stitch out and induced me. And mm-hmm. we had her on March the 18th. When Michigan was playing. Absolutely. And the head, doctor, head doctor came in there and was like, look, I need to see this game. <laughs> right. She went to Michigan. Right. She was like, right. hurry up. Mm-hmm. So, then, bam. Uh, Sarah was born. Right. 
So Sarai was born once again. So now we are parents of two beautiful, you know, young ladies, young girls. And so everything was good. I felt like we found our balance. You know, um, Dylan was like four or five at a time. We She was a transition into kindergarten. We had a newborn. So, you know, we were living life. And so when Sarai got older, I think we had a conversation like, you know, we wanted to adopt. I always say I want to adopt a little chocolate boy from Southeast D.C. Because all I make is girls. Exactly. You are a total girl dad. But I didn't want to believe it at the time. Right. All X chromosomes in you. So so we were like, all right, bet. So we're going to adopt a little boy, but we're going to wait a little while. Yep. And then, you know, going fast forward, you know, for me getting out the IUD, that means it's open season. If I don't do anything, I then I can it. possibly get pregnant. But in my mind, I don't know. I just was like, yo, we good, you know. Now, um, for a couple of times, and we we are married and we're honest, we were using protection. Yes, we were. And I we just, were. and you know, it was COVID, but I was like, all right, Gene, what you going to do? You going to go ahead and get the procedure done. But we still just was loving life and just loving each other. And um, I don't know. And I remember my girls, my fantasy football wives, shout out to them. We were talking because we were at um, Erica's baby shower, Erica and Terrence baby shower. And I remember um, they were like, you playing, you playing with fire. Because I told them, hey, I'm no longer on birth control. They said, what you doing? I said, well, you're going to get the surgery. And they were like, "Uh uh-uh, you playing. And I was like, I'm good, I'm good. And I remember Brickhouse, Tiffany, you know, saying, all right, we're about to see you back here in the baby shower, you know, next year. And I was so, like, in denial. I just thought it would not happen to me. I thought we did the pull-out method if we didn't use condoms and all of that. we 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 had that jump down pat. It will clearly we didn't, but um, I still don't remember what happened. Don't remember. I no. we absolutely do not remember because I think also with COVID, um, and for some people it really kind of separated or divided a mm-hmm. couple. But I feel like it brought us Close closer together. together. Um, we definitely were able to redefine who we are to each other. We were both um, working from home. Absolutely, we I was working out, going crazy, five six. Um, miles a day I mm-hmm. lost about 30 pounds So I was feeling myself And I guess you were feeling me too yeah, I was feeling you I was like god damn, damn. Yeah. Here we go I need you to go get a test At CVS yeah. uh, Well I got bars But anyway So um, And that happened And so When going In hindsight You know once again I said I was crying Because All of my friends Everybody know I'm a planner um, And then I had to realize That It's not always in your plan But I had a problem with that I was really struggling I felt like you know I should have been more careful even being married even having a career even as you know our marriage is the best it has ever been and I still felt like wow because I'm I'm gonna tell you she was mad at me for about (laughs) let's see we moved in December Mm -hmm. 2021 Mm -hmm. yeah she ain't really stopped being mad at me it's about March she was mad But no I also was mad at myself But um But took it out on me That's a whole other topic Boy stop No it right. wasn't No it wasn't Anyway um, So once again Like I said I'm a planner So I was like I do not believe I'm pregnant What I'm going to do Like how am I going to balance well, Tell what you said Taking care you of said, three It better be a boy Oh we're going back to that So I'm like yeah <laughs> Listen if I'm going to be pregnant with the third, mm-hmm. it got to be my boy. Like, And we yo, said we didn't know because we planned the two girls. Right. We planned them to a team. And we were, we were sober for the most part. Probably not. I don't know. 
But go ahead. But with this one, I was like, all right. Liquor was involved. And we were out here partying around. And I said, that's the same way I got here. And my dad had two girls. Right. That was your yeah, philosophy. That was, that was my your philosophy. Theory. I said, that, hey, I'm just like my old man. two older girls. The last one gonna be a boy. The last one gonna be the boy. So in my mind, I was like, "Bet, okay, we got our boy. He's gonna have yep. his boy." Because everyone knows, like, Gene is such a wonderful model of a black male. And I just was like, "Oh, he's gonna have his boy to carry along and set that standard, and just go to football games and practice and things of that nature, and just groom this young man up." And so I was so like, "All right, bet, it's a boy." Everyone's saying, "Hope it's a boy. Hope it's a boy." And then, you know, because I am a seasoned, I was 38 at the time, or 39. I was 38, about to turn 39. 38, about to turn 39. Yes, and I had to take the test um, for just to check to see, you know, in terms of any DNA, DNA, um, as well as just to see they had any um, disabilities or anything of that nature. And so they checked checked for Down syndrome and things. We were sitting on the couch. I remember that day. Was it a TV? The doctor was like, hey, do you want to get tested for um, for the sex of the baby too? I was like, yes, let's do it. (laughs) So anyway, um, they took the test. I think it took about maybe two weeks. Yeah, you kept bugging me. You get anything yet? Get anything yet? No, no. I was bugging you. you? Right. I'm the the policyholder fool. I'm the one who would get the information. Anyway, So the Kaiser sent the message alert. So everyone that has Kaiser know that you know they have test results. So I'm sweating. I'm like, Whew. I don't want to see it. Right, right, right. And so I saw you know checked off. Thank God, all the normalcy in terms of no. Baby was normal. That was the most important thing. She was health. good. Absolutely. And then I saw no Y chromosome detected. Boy, she melted. I was like, Bah-h-h-h-h-h-h-h-h-h-h-h-h-h-h-h-h-h-h-h-h-h-h-h-h-h-h-h-h-h-h-h-h-h-h-h-h-h-h-h-h-h-h-h-h-h-h-h-h-
my baby could have had a lot of complications, mm-hmm. right? And so I'm worried about the sex of the child, but let's talk about how this baby is healthy and thriving in my womb, right? right? And so that's why I was like, I need to check myself. Mm-hmm. But I had to sit with those feelings, though, because your feelings are your feelings. And I know a lot of people will say, well, you should be just healthy that you can have kids. Absolutely right, you know? Um, but in hindsight, I was looking, I was being selfish. Um, and once again, I could not learn to pivot from my plan. Right. And I had to realize that it's not in my plan, it's in God's plan. Exactly. And he already know the beginning and the end and our blueprint. And so understanding that, I had to go, you know, definitely went to therapy and just had to understand that, you know, God, if you allow this to happen, it's for a purpose. So great transition. Um, we're going to fast forward a little bit. Mm-hmm. Whereas... We had Raylan. You had mm-hmm. Raylan. Yes. Had her um, a little bit on time for the most part. Yeah. Because um, uh, had, she had to come out, mm-hmm. basically. Um, she was ready to come out. So she came out uh, 5 pounds, 12 ounces. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Yep, 5 pounds, mm-hmm. 12 ounces <laughs> at night. We had little children. For some reason, we got little-ass children. <laughs> <laughs> but um, at night. Mm-hmm. And uh, had to wear a mask, that whole COVID thing. Mm-hmm. It was crazy. Yo, uh, it was labor yeah. with a mask, pushing like crazy. Yeah, and it, with, a, with a doctor playing music and right. taking out the uh, stitches. Right. <laughs> you know, but um, the baby gets here, mm-hmm. you know, happy ever after. No, because then you had to deal with the, uh, what's the scientific word for it? Um, postpartum. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. That's something you want to get into. Yeah, let's talk about it. Yeah. Um. So, which if it was my first time yeah. ever seeing it, because you, yeah, I don't know. Do you think you had it with our first two? Well, listen. Let's get back to 2011. Right. In terms yep. of having Dylan, so still grieving the loss of her twin. Right. Thank God she still was healthy, but new parent. Dealing with a preemie, going there every day and not being able to leave with your child is a lot. And for those parents who have dealt with having a premature baby, know what I'm feeling. You know, typically it's not on the movies where you have the baby and then you're able to come home with the baby. You know, the dad rolls the mom and the baby out and go in the car and they drive away happy, happy ever after. That wasn't my story for Dylan. So once again, Having her, she was in the NICU. I'm having to leave my baby in the hospital, and I had to go home. Eleven days later, my dad passed away. Remember? Yeah. So with that, dealing with being new, planning a funeral, eleven days postpartum. So I definitely dealt with depression there too. Um, But this time around, I don't know. I think it was harder because once again, I'm up here saying, "Hey." I, we were good. We had two kids. I'm about to be 40 soon. We no had, more daycare. Right. Like, we didn't have to worry about daycare. We had before and after care. That was like little chump chains. Now, dealing with daycare, middle of the night, breastfeeding, like all of that, all those things, those worries and anxiety reared his head again. But to be honest, this time around, I don't know. Maybe it's because we're seasoned parents. Mm-hmm. It didn't feel as bad as it felt with Dylan. For you. Or even Sarah. No, because we'll get into that, too. That might be another episode when you come in. Because mm-hmm. she says, with our second child, yeah, I was non-existent. I like, I was gone. Not non-existent. <laughs> no, I just felt She's like you weren't attached or getting connected 
And I don't know, I think you probably just was trying to just make sure that Dylan was okay because now she's no longer the only child. Right. But I did feel like as in time that you had to grow to connect to Sarada. I know that's your buddy now. But in right in the beginning, I felt like you kind of just was like, yeah, of course you would stay up and feed her, um, feed her a bottle or change her if I wasn't breastfeeding her. But I don't know. I just felt like a short period of time. I wouldn't say like, you know, the whole when she was like before, you know, a year come out that she you was just like, oh, no, that's not my kid. I'm not dealing with her. Mm. No, I just felt like you weren't connecting with her. Mm. But now, you know, you're connected. Definitely. So going going back to Dylan and going to from from my point of view as a as a man and then to now being 40, when when Dylan was born, that was during a time period uh, where I was always um, internalized. Everything was internalized. Mm-hmm. So I knew I had a daughter that was in the NICU, but also knew like I had a job and stuff that I had to do. So immediately I went into the phase of, all right, got to support my family. You know, got to support my family. And I was there going to the NICU and stuff, but... A lot of times I was I was at work, you know, and Val was still off and stuff. Mm-hmm. Day. And that was before baby leave, which we'll talk about that, too, because yeah. I think I only stayed home like two days. Right. <laughs> Maybe a week. Maybe a week at a week. that, which I had to use my PTO. Right. Well, we are live at our house. <laughs> and one of the children has just supposed to be asleep, but actually came over here. We will be quiet until she gets. There you go. We're giving it to y'all live. Right. Giving it to y'all live. Go to sleep. Go to sleep. Close the door. But um, actually, you know, my mindset, I, as I think back to those years, my mindset was like so weird, like different, you know? Tell me more about that. Uh, she putting on her clinical hat right now so you know being married to a wife that does this for a living sometimes you gotta tell them get the fuck out of my head <laughs> you know no I just but, feel um, like sometimes no. you have to express yourself yeah I've, you I've gotten better with expressing yeah, myself yeah, but no my mindset was like totally weird like we talked about this I used to get jealous of you and the baby sometimes well that's normal yeah that's normal but which led to sometimes destructive things mm-hmm. you know what I mean mm-hmm so I used to get jealous because I was like, damn, she don't spend no time with me. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But um, my mindset was like so totally just just different. You could tell. I mean, how old were we? We were what, 20? 28. 28? 28, mm-hmm. 28 when she was born? Mm-hmm. Crazy, right? Yeah. 28. And then got a little older when uh, Sarah was born. Mm-hmm. And we were, when Sarah was born, 32, we were 33. 32, 33, you know. And now we're 40. Mm-hmm. With this, uh, well, she's not a newborn, but with this thriving infant. Infant. Three, nine months now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But um, I, I see the difference in how I was from there to now. Mm-hmm. You know, going back to it, seasoned parents. Yeah. You know, because we made those mistakes earlier and now. It's like, it was almost like riding a bike, even though mm-hmm. we threw away everything. <laughs> we thought mm-hmm. we was done having kids. Oh, you done, know? done. Yes, I did get the vasectomy. The easiest 30 minutes. Right. So, yeah, oh, let's oh, get oh, back to that. We're not going to talk deep about the vasectomy because that's a show with the guys. Oh, that's fine. But just know that we are not having any more babies yeah, because you got it done and followed up and we're good. 60 times. Uh huh. Analyze. Okay. All right, next. Go ahead. 60 times. The <laughs> analyzation. 
So, like, our, I'm going to say struggles right now, but mm. what, let's go back and forth. What was our adjustment in having a baby? I think just the adjustment of starting all over. Like, we had it 11, well, 10, and I guess, what was she, 5 then? Mm-hmm. A 10 and 5-year-old. And the 5-year-old was in kindergarten. You know, she was self-sufficient. Our middle child is very self-sufficient and right. independent. And so having to now, you know, wake up in the middle of the night, breastfeed. Well, I don't know if she sleeps good now. She does. From she does. seven thirty to 5.30 no. in the morning. Well, I mean, yeah, that, that's, that's dope. That's dope. Yeah. But in the beginning, she did not do that. And so I think just starting over. Child Right. Just starting over. And then once again, like we said, going back to COVID, we were dating again. Yeah. We were, like, really, like, in tune. I just felt like, you know, while kids are a blessing, they can put a wedge into our relationship. Which, let's, let's get on that right there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I would say even we did we we I think we kind of learned how to navigate our relationship now yeah, absolutely. with the kids. Yeah, yeah. But I would say with going back to number one, yeah. We well, that was something we struggled with oh, absolutely. as new parents. Yeah. And then going to number two, that's <laughs> right. You know, I think we still kind of struggle with it, but we yeah. We were figuring it out. Like, yeah. all right, we can balance ourselves. Right. We can right. not forget about each other. Right. But now we're outnumbered. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. We definitely we're outnumbered out. now with number three. But no, honestly. That means we got to bring a third party in here. Oh, sorry. Okay. <laughs> but um, anyway, but Dylan's older now, so she's right. definitely self-sufficient and she's helper. And as well as Sarai. And so that's another thing that is a blessing because now we have two extra little hands and when, helpers. When they want to help. Right. We do got the preteen. We do have the preteen. That's egocentric. It's all about her. Um, but no, right. no, honestly. She, she loves she her daughter. I said daughter. Lord Jesus no, she Christ. She loves her baby she sister. She loves her baby sister. But she also is on her own tip. And I understand that's typically um, preteen behavior, but they do help out. So we also have to think about that as well. Right. Um, and our family is definitely complete. Definitely. But I also, I think just in terms of, I always look towards the future and I just want to make sure that I am well and thriving to see Raylan, you know, go through her milestones, you know? Right. And I was like, oh man, I'll be what, like 57, 58 yeah, when so she's graduating from high that's school? Our, that's our next conversation that we always talk oh about goodness. is how old we will be when Raylan grows up. And I think that was part of the sadness, kind of yes. like on both our ends, because yeah. we was like, damn, we're going to be jive old right. when Raylan gets of age. Right. You know, and it's, right. it's a hard thing to think about. And that's one of the things, you know, you think about as you turn 40, because right. I always think of 40 as you you you, you done climb that hill and you're practically on top of the hill and now it's down. <laughs> nah, man. Um, and that's a, I think that's where you and I differ. Like I know when you, I mean, it's a good down because it takes a long time to climb up. But you know, but we you, ain't it's going to take a yet. long time to climb down. We're not at the top yet. We're on the side. We we I mean, we definitely not at the bottom, but we're on the side. I don't feel like we're downhill. I don't feel like I'm at the bottom either. Right. But what what I I think you look at forty as I know you always think it's older, but I don't see it. I don't as see older. it as older, but I see it as and we get into a whole other concept. We we're seasoned parents, damn it! <laughs> but no, no I are. see forty as it's the midpoint. I mean, technically, it is the midpoint. Fifty is the midpoint. Man, fuck! I don't know. I don't think fifty is the midpoint. To be honest with you, forty is the midpoint. I say forty is like the midpoint because the way I look at it. 20s and 30s. Mm-hmm. 
fifties and sixties. Seventies, you just thanking God, <laughs> right? <laughs> you exactly. know, what I'm forties that midpoint. I mean, okay, that's how I look at it. So that's why I always equate it to like a big hill. Mm-hmm. When you eighteen, you just got to the bottom of the hill. You got to the foot of the hill. From eighteen to twenty, you taking those mm-hmm. steps. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Well, that, I would, that's how I look at it. No, but what I would say in terms of being seasoned parents. Um, I think we do have a whole village because we have yeah. a lot of friends who actually had babies 36, 37, right. 38, 39, 40, so we, 41. And that's why you should tell Val, we ain't the only ones. We're definitely we, not the only ones. We are not the gonna only ones. All of us going to be old and crippled and have <laughs> these two. crippled. I will not be. No, I will not. I'm going to be that fly mom. Don't play yeah. with me. But anyway, so I definitely look at that. I just want to make sure that she has the best, our best years as well. Right. And, um, and that's. What I want to do Staying healthy Absolutely staying, You know keep Staying healthy mentally mm-hmm. Staying mm-hmm. But Besides physically But staying Just staying healthy So we can mentally, be there Mentally Emotionally Absolutely you know? And once again We blessing them um, We had their own Built in best friends Right With Dylan Sarai And, and that's something We always preach Like look When we long and gone From here All y'all got That's all y'all got yeah. You know You got your sister Take care of each other Right and for the most other. part, they love each other. I mean, Raylan. For the loves, most part, Raylan loves everybody. She does, and they they absolutely adore their little sister. So we have to look at that as a blessing as well. They right. are built in best friends. I pray that they continue to stay, and we foster that connection. Mm-hmm. That they stay close. That they just when life happens, they are there for each other, support one another. Right. And so she'll be fine, even if we are gone. You know, yeah. she still have her two older sisters yeah. to hold her down. Look. Val tearing up right now it must be the uh, vodka. No, it's also I mean, these no, hormones. Yeah, it is the hormones. <laughs> but that is something. Like I said, that's something I always think about. And look, every show we do, we always think of other topics for other shows. Mm-hmm. But you start thinking about um, your life and your mm-hmm. mor- mortality. Yeah, you know, when I look at my kids, that's what I think about. It's like, mm-hmm. damn. It's like, do I, what do I want to leave for them? Mm-hmm. You know, not even talking financially, but it's like, what type of legacy I want to leave for them? Yeah. Like, how do I want them to remember me? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It, it's these things that you think about when you look at your mm-hmm. kids. And like I said, it's another thing. When you turn 40, you're like, man, I'm not going to be here forever. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And it's like, it makes you want to enjoy life even more. And Absolutely. Enjoy the kids even mm-hmm. more and stuff. You that know, that's, why I, that's why I made the moves I made. Yeah. Thanks. You know? To, to be able to be somewhere and to do what we're doing right now mm-hmm. in the comfort of our table mm-hmm. right here, you right. know, while they're right. sleeping. But, um, no, nah, this has been, like, an awesome conversation. Mm-hmm. You know, we're not going to end it just yet because I feel like you got a couple more points on season parenting. Yeah, and I have a question for you. Oh, it's a lot. But, no, right, and I know this is another topic you might talk about, like, just the pressure of being a parent of three mm-hmm. girls. What what are your thoughts about, you know, being a parent, a father of three girls? I have a big example to uphold. Mm -hmm. And I think about, I got three weddings to pay for. (laughs) Right. I think about, um, I got three knuckleheads I got to scare off. Mm -mm -mm. But then I also think about that. I may not physically have any sons of my own. Mm Mm-hmm. But hopefully, God will bless me with three sons that my daughters will marry. Mm. You know, mm-hmm. and I got my nephew. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Zoe. Mm-hmm. That's, my, that's my that's my homie. But mm. you know, 
and mother and nephews, Tyler, you know, Zach, everybody, Aaron, who's an older nephew, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, can't look at him as a son. That's a grown ass man. Right. <laughs> I got a lot of nephews, but yeah, that's what, that's, that's, that's what I think about. Mm-hmm. But the main thing I think about is, um, making sure, uh, I leave a, a good legacy for them. Mm-hmm. Like I love, like I um, hope my daughters love me like I love my parents mm-hmm. and how I talk about my parents, mm-hmm. you know? So I hope that. Mm-hmm. What about you? Let me reverse that question. Mm-hmm. I mean, man, I feel pressured because it's three girls and I'm a woman. So once again, I know that everything I do, everything I say, they're looking you know, yeah. I am the example of what a woman is mm-hmm. and how they're going to navigate this world. So I do feel pressured to be on for them. Um, but once again, I had to realize that I also want them to see me as not perfect because I'm not. So just trying to create a balance for them, um, just pouring into them self-esteem and confidence. Because right. oftentimes, you know, the world is already going to give them that yeah. um, in terms of having them doubt themselves. So as a woman, I have my own doubts and insecurities. Mm-hmm. I want to continue to just point to them and just let them know that you are fearfully and wonderfully made. Because we, hey, we got three beautiful babies. They are beautiful. Three beautiful babies. They are. All that hair. Oh, Lord. That's Eye, a, listen, that's the pressure. Eyelashes. Listen. Eyebrows. They got them all from their daddy. Listen. One of them going to get number one. I'm tired of doing this hair. But now I'm playing yeah. thick. I told you, hair. we can cut the hair. I got we the are clippers. not cutting their hair. Stop it. We can cut the hair. Stop Let's it. go G.I. Jane. No, we're not. Absolutely not. But no. Um, that's you did pressure. cut hair out of frustration. Shut up. Listen, that hair is a lot. Um, but no, but, but once again, I often look and think about me having three girls. Like, I'm a whole girl mom, and I absolutely love it. I love um, the relationship that I have with them. We cut up. We have yeah. fun. Even, you know, I work around teens, so I am definitely I feel like I'm time enough for, for right. them, especially our little preteen. But just making sure that they know their worth, mm-hmm. you know, I think that's very important for our young ladies to know. I mean, males, too. But yeah. once again, we don't have any sons. But just nah, letting them know their worth. Dog. Right. <laughs> Listen, know their worth. Know that just every guy who say that you're pretty, yeah, you like my daddy right. told me I'm pretty. You know, so letting them know they are fearfully, once again, and wonderfully made, and they can do wonderful, excellent things. And just to make sure that they are positive, they're kind to people, they have that confidence, they're not scared um, to take risks. I think it's important for Mm -hmm. us to continue to instill that into our young ladies. Definitely, definitely. Mm -hmm. Oh, I love my daughters. (laughs) But they get on my nerves sometimes. How they on your nerves? They calling me every five minutes. I'm like, Dad, you got a father? And ladies, I think y'all can, moms, you can hear me. Like, listen, I'm chilling. And it was the first thing they say, Mom, Mom. I'm like, yo, you got your father right because there. Like, your mom. Right. Your mom. That's pressure. Leave me alone. I'm, I just thought about it, yo. I'm around kids all day long. But that's your choosing. I told you. What I was like, you? what you going to do? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what you going to do? What you mean? I told you. 
You gonna stay? You gonna stay at the school? Oh right. Yeah. Well, listen, listen. You know that's, that's my your passion. passion that is my passion. Pa- Working with teens. A lot of people say they can't rock with teens. Listen, give me teens all day. I absolutely love that population. So I love. Serving. Another question off of it. Do you think that helps your seasoned parenting? Oh, absolutely. I actually it keeps you hip. It does. I feel like I'm. I'm. They call me OG lot. You know, in the streets. Right. I definitely feel like it definitely helps me. Um, and also how I social work, how I work and engage with my students. I always look at them like, how do I want my kids, my own kids that I birthed to be treated? Mm-hmm. And I treat them with respect. I treat them with love. I just wrap my arms around them. And so I think it really helps me to know that. And it's unfortunate the students I serve, a lot of them. They don't, you know, they come from right. impoverished areas. And so I always say kids who need the most love show the most unloving ways. So while I didn't birth them, I still feel like I'm there as a catalyst to kind of help support them and guide them when they need guidance. And so if I'm going to give them that, best believe I'm getting my kids that I birth hundred thousand percent. There you go. Well, I think this was a good conversation tonight okay. with OG Lot, <laughs> aka the old lady. Not the old my lady. old lady. I'm not an old lady. Best AKA office, the wife, aka Val, aka Ali Val, aka B More Val. Yeah. Aka Western Dove. A whole hey, bunch of AKAs. Dubs. A bunch so, of AKAs. What? AKAs. I've been calling you AKA, oh, otherwise oh, known oh, as. Oh, I thought oh, she was about to say something. Lord Jesus. <laughs> Hey y'all, this has been another episode of All Shit Out 40, a special episode with my old lady, my wife, Miss Valerie Lott, L-I-C-S-W, whatever abbreviations you got behind your name, there's a whole bunch of them, you're just a beast, hey. alright, so we'll catch y'all next time, I hope y'all enjoyed, I hope y'all got something from it, and I'm telling you, peace out, good peace night. Out.